Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to the Farms Vice podcast where we chat everything agribusiness. Today's episode is a very special episode, one that I've been meaning to get on the books very as soon as possible because it's one of the biggest topics that's going to be happening, is happening currently, but as we go on to see a huge shift of financials, assets from the baby boomers into the younger generation and the elephant in the room today is succession planning. We'll be tackling this today with Scott Smith from the team at Byfields as a part of our Beyond the Tax Return series with them. They're a stellar team, experts in their fields, paddocks, um, and it really shows as we deliver these series as it goes along. Huge amount of listeners pouring through for these episodes, so it's great to see that the, that these topics are meaningful and worthwhile for you for you to learn and see how you can go about it yourself. Three really good main objectives to take out of this episode. Um, so listen in to Scott and see how we get on. The advice given on this episode is general and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. You should consider whether this advice is suitable for you and your personal circumstances. Now let's dive in and get on the show and meet up with Scott. Scott, how are you going? Hi, Jack. Yeah, I'm going great, thanks. Yeah, really excited to be on the podcast with you. I know, mate, there's a good competition in at Byfields and it's heating up. Who can get the most listens each week, each month? Um, and it's really going well. It's looking like the listeners are getting some great benefit out there with the listener num- numbers improving each month. It's really good. But yeah, excellent. thank you for coming on the show. What are we going to be talking about today before we get into your background? So today, Jack, we're going to be talking about succession planning and just having a bit of an introduction really to that and getting everyone thinking about a few issues with current succession plans and that sort of stuff and really just starting that conversation. Yeah, I think that's it. It's always the introduction. That's probably the hardest part for farming families out there just to initiate what's going on. So 
beautiful topic to get underway with Byfields beyond the pot, beyond the tax return series. But everyone wants to know about the person behind the audio. Where's Scott Smith from and what's your background? Yeah, so my background, I grew up in an orchard in Pickering Brook, which is really in the hills east of Perth. So started out there. And then when I finished uni, an opportunity came up to work in our agribusiness team in at Byfields in our Meriden office. So I went out there, uh, worked with farming clients, um, really felt like a natural fit for me. And yeah, really enjoyed my time there. And then I was lucky enough to stay with Byfields when I moved back to Perth and, and continue working in our agribusiness team uh, from our Perth office. And yeah, been at Byfields for 13 years now and uh, became a director this year. Beautiful, quite a young director, I may add. But having that connection, starting off in the orchards, growing up in agriculture, it's pretty important, isn't it? As part of the Byfields team, but the extended family of agriculture. Yeah, definitely. I think it gives you that that background and and that natural sort of interest in 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 farming and in agriculture. Yeah, definitely. What's your favourite part of agriculture that you love? I think for me, getting out on farm and seeing yeah. our clients and seeing what they're about and looking at some phenomenal crops around, particularly in WA this year. Um, there's plenty to have a look at. And um, yeah, people are up and about with, you know, grain prices being so solid. Ag's certainly a, a great sector to be in and, and there's a lot to be excited about with it. So that's what really gets, yeah, in, interests me there. Absolutely. And I think I saw canolas reaching over $1,000 somewhere. Um, so the prices are there. And also the price of land is going up phenomenally for farmland, mm. of course. But no worries. Thanks for giving us your background. Great to see you on the Farms Vice podcast. And let's dive in to the elephant in the room, succession planning and how it works with the agribusinesses or listeners and the, their farms that they operate, work on, um, and specifically the family farm. Succession planning, what is it in a short, snappy sentence? So it's really managing that transition from the older generation to the younger generation, I see. So, yeah, hand, handing the farm across to the, to the next generation, really. Yep. So for succession planning, is it something that farmers are looking to deal with effectively or they're not? Are they dealing with it effectively um, so far, you think? Yeah, I think, I think it's a challenge and I think some farmers do it really well, um, but for some it's quite daunting, I think. And I think the reason for that is it's just such a big thing. It's such an emotional thing. Um, they're sort of faced with you know, their retirement from the industry in most cases. Um, and I think farming is quite a unique industry as well, where the family farms, not only a place of business, but it's a home as well. And often for multiple families. So there's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of, yeah, business decisions financially. And, and also with the, there's a strong connection to the land also where it's been in the family for multiple generations. So I think that's what makes it quite daunting for a lot of farmers and some people just put it in the too hard basket and, and don't sort of get onto it. Um, so. Yeah, definitely. And if we can take some of that daunting feeling that some farmers out there, the listeners are feeling, whether that you're the younger ones in the family or you're those that are going to be moving on into retirement and how your retirement looks like, 
do you think succession planning for these farming families has changed over the course of time? And if so, how? Yeah, I think it's changed over the course of time. I think probably before I was involved in um, in accounting and 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 doing any succession planning, I think in the old days it would have been, you know, the farm the farm was transferred to the eldest son, um, sort of no questions. You know, dad does his will and and doesn't think any more of it. But that's certainly not the case now, and not what I'm used to. Um, farming certainly changed where we're seeing daughters and younger siblings running the farm business it's not only the older son now so I think the other thing is you know family members want to be involved in that whole decision making process and this has shown sort of better results from a succession planning point of view just with everyone's involvement in the in the whole decision making do you think, think that's that because our communication has improved both like technologically and also as younger people, we're, we don't have trouble approaching our, our parents about taking over the farm and what our expectations are from the older days. Yeah, I think it's that um, people aren't afraid to ask the question and, and certainly the younger generation aren't afraid to you know, approach the older generation. Um, whereas I think traditionally you'd, you'd never do that. There was a bit of a you know, taboo to you know, approach the older generation and, and ask the question about when, you know, when I might be getting the farm. Um, but I think now it's, yeah, it's a lot more accepted and, and that, yeah, that generational change there. Yeah. And it comes down a lot to do with the current relationship in place within, with your family and those close knit families and those so not so close knit, how, how should you approach it? Like if you are having a bit of dispute or you think it's going to be a dispute within the family. Should you approach it differently or you should just spark up the conversation? Well, I think you just need to spark up that conversation. I think what we've seen is, is that open, open communication is the, always the best option. It might not be an easy conversation to have, but it's a conversation that you've, you've got to have. And, and just even if it's just, if you think it's not going to go well, maybe just, yeah, plant the seed and just see what happens. Um, don't go in all guns blazing because you're just going to get it shut down straight away um, but if you can sort of just yeah just get the ball rolling and and at least start the older generation or, or or if it's the younger generation that you're prompting just start everyone thinking about about that and yeah I think you'll see that generally people start coming around in their own time yeah yeah definitely feel like getting the ball rolling as we are with beyond the tax return series with biofields these little pocket conversations are trying to initiate that engagement into succession planning, tax planning, um, and your estate planning as such. So it is really important that you do not only think about it, but put it down pen to paper or pen fingers to Excel, get it down on somewhere. So not only you can see it, but your family can see what's going on, where your assets are um, and what your plan is verbally, get that across. So I liked the Excel reference there, Jack, because as an accountant, that makes me very happy. Yeah, you'd love that as an accountant, wouldn't you? Um, if you can get it on a Word document, Excel, it would be really beneficial. And then you don't have to do the hard yards later. Get it down first and then it'll be, create a good basis for yourself as a farming, farming family for sure. So the main objectives 
for succession planning, what are they? Is there any anything yeah, in there I, that like we wouldn't expect? Um, no, I don't think so. I think that when we sort of go out about a succession plan, I think we go in with the the three main objectives being one to ensure the older generation are looked after and they're financially secure. That's that's sort of first and foremost. Number two, ensure that we're leaving a viable farm business for the younger generation that doesn't have an ongoing uh, burden to the older generation that's just too much. Um, and three, really ensure that, that that succession plan is well documented and ideally legally binding if, if to give all parties that certainty um, if they're all on the same page to do that. Great stuff. So let's break it down a bit. How can we make sure that the older generation is financially secure? Should How should we approach that, do you think? What have you seen in your circumstances? Yeah, I think it's meeting with that older generation and making sure that, you know, asking what their expectations are and seeing what their objectives are as well. And, you know, that's the starting point is just knowing where what the older generation wants, yep. what their retirement um, sort of looks like and it's a question that um, when you ask the older generation you know how much do you need to to fund your retirement they often they don't know because everything has just been paid from the farm for you know forever and a day yeah. they don't actually know how much it costs to you know to live and um, you know it's all just as we see with farm businesses all your personal stuff and everything is just mixed into the one so when yeah you've really got to try and separate the two and work out what what your personal um, stuff is as, as separate from the farm when it's just been intertwined for for so so long it's yeah it's something that um, yeah the older generation has to do a bit of work on to to really work that out yeah definitely and hopefully my dad's listening to that um, splitting the two apart so he knows what's going on but look it's not just putting their um, their check or their allowance straight on the chopping block is it there's different ways to go about it phasing phasing out and then just going in retirement like for a block of land you could do a lease back um, for mm. the children to get access to it whilst the older generation is receiving an income from that lease have you seen yeah, scenarios yeah. like that yeah definitely there's there's a lot of ways to you know to fund that retirement and whether that's you know, for ongoing, you know, annuity payments or something like that from the farm business or whether that's a lease or whether that's just continued amount of, of drawings per year. Um, yeah, there's many, many different ways to do it and there's no set rule and there's no, there's no set, you know, one size fits all that's going to be the same for all businesses there. Yeah, definitely. And that leads us into the second one, making the farm more viable for the younger generation coming through. A lot of people say, leave it a bit better than how you found it for the next generation. And hopefully that comes through pretty well for, well, hopefully for the younger generation, people like myself and my mates out there, how can we, how can the older generation sort of prop it up a little bit and make sure and ensure like it's not just going to fall through the roof financially, more importantly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that well, certainly a lot of our clients or most of our clients that we talk to, you know, everyone's on that same page where they're wanting to, you know, improve the land and and make it better than when they found it. So I think that, you know, everyone 
everyone sort of does that already. Um, but it's more so making sure that, you know, what it went once there is that succession event, that the, the farm business is um, still a viable business and that there's not a, um, an ongoing burden to fund the older generation um, yeah. that, the, that, the young, that the business can't sustain. Yeah, great stuff. I think it's like ensure that your books are looking good before, like before leaving. Um, a lot of those out there, though, they're going to be still well within the enterprise, helping out where they can. And previous episodes with young people, like they manage the budgets and the older person like that has passed the roles down is managing the finance of it. So it's a bit of a slow weaning on onto knowing it, the whole outcome of what the business is and how it's running, what your outcomes can be and what your outlook is. Do you yeah. see that as a good option as like weaning on to the whole operation as a family farm? Yeah, definitely. I think as, as you know, you know, running a farm business, there's so many facets of that and there's so many things that you need to be on top of and it would be quite, you know, for someone to just come in and take that over straight away, it would just be too much to do at once. So I think you've, yeah, they, the younger generation just really gets to know each each of those facets of the business and become an expert at each one of those over the course of time. And and that's really from you know making sure the older generation involves that that younger generation in in all those decision makings, whether it's you know paddock plans or. Um, budgeting or you know meeting with the farm advisors that sort of stuff I think that's really important for um, the younger generation to be involved in that and ideally from an and as early an age as, as possible there yeah definitely and I feel as if if they were to pack their bags and leave and just dump it all on the younger generation that would scare and spook the younger ones out of thinking a bit of an overwhelmment of what's going on not being able to cope with everything incoming and they haven't been really been through it before. So that's really good to make sure it is a viable farm business going into it. But probably your favorite is ensuring that succession plan is well documented. How can we get this is, should it be done on an Excel sheet or how should we do it? Yeah, I think, I think the, the fact that it's, it, it doesn't matter what format it is, but it just needs to be in, in writing there. Um, yeah. I guess everyone can agree at some point, but then you go, you know, four or five years down the track and, you know, memories start getting a bit blurred and, and what you've actually agreed on. Um, yeah. Might be a bit of a, a disparity there. Um, but if you've got a, a source document or something to go back to, to refer back to and say, well, here it is in writing, we all signed off on it. You know, this is what we agreed to. Um, it just means there's no disputes down the track there on, on what was actually agreed to. Yeah, 100%. And it keeps everyone a bit accountable to what they previously said. And if both parties aren't happy with it, you can go ahead and amend what's going on. But it gives you something, a piece of paper that you can come back to, refer to, um, and also confidence in those moving out and those moving in, which is pretty essential. Like we're sort of going through as a family farm as well. Um, so I sort of know what's going on and like what I want to know what's going on as well, which is pretty important getting the hot tips from Byfields, the team there anyway. Um, it's really, really good to see uh, the support coming through the, this series and then the feedback we've got from it is really important as well. So it is, is going a long way. 
for that. But for those 50-year-olds or even the 25-year-olds out there thinking succession planning isn't for me yet, I don't have to worry about that for 10 to 15 years, should we be worrying about it or should we even have one in place? I think... Um, you don't necessarily have, have to have it in place, but I think you can certainly do things to, to make that succession event more smoothly when you, when you come to it. And also, yeah, like I said before, just involving that, involving the younger generation in, in some of those, that farm decision-making process. And, and the sooner that they're exposed to that, the better managers they'll be on farm, I believe. Um, if you, if you wait to give them that opportunity or that, decision-making uh, ability um, when they're too old, they just, yeah, they just won't ever be good farm managers. I think the younger that you're exposed to those decision-making, uh, the better farm manager you'll be. Yeah, definitely. And that goes right across the family members um, and also their level of what they're expecting to work within the farm. If they are working within, within the farm or not, um, it is quite important that both of those, the children, the younger generation, know what's going on um, and that they can rely back into that succession plan when it is well documented. So ensuring long-term viability of the farm business with succession planning, how, how is it best to carry that on if we've got quite a successful farm and then how can the children carry that through if they're about to take over, I suppose? Yeah, so I guess um, what we see that makes a successful succession or, or makes a succession a lot easier is when there's assets that have been built up off farm as well, um, yep. as well as farm assets, um, particularly where there's off farm kids involved too. So that assists really building up the off-farm assets really assists with one, mum and dad's retirement and funding their retirement, but two, also providing or sort of earmarking those assets um, for any off-farm kids um, as, as part of that overall succession plan there. Yeah, okay. So encompassing all of them is pretty important for the off-farm kids, those that don't want to return home but also those who want to take it over and work until they're into their own retirement age. But as a younger or older generation, what typical hurdles would they encounter along the way for success in planning? How does it work and what's keeping them back? Yeah, I think typical hurdles would be one, a financial hurdle um, would be being able to fund that succession plan or the retirement plan of the older generation. Um, I went to a farm succession planning seminar recently where one of the key stats they were saying was 80% of farm businesses need to either fully or partially fund the older generation once a succession event has occurred. So to me, that just shows that there will, in most cases, be an ongoing um, you know, payment or financial requirement on the older generation. So the more off-farm assets that have been built up, the less that burden really is, is going to be on the farm business. So I think it's, you know, starting early, building up those, those off-farm assets um, 
to fund mum and dad's retirement and then the farm business can pretty much continue um, without without being too encumbered on um, on paying out mum and dad there. Yeah, right. So that's quite substantial. 80% of the farm businesses need to fund or partially fund their retirement. How, how are the other 20% doing it? Do you think, like, if we look at the hyper-successful farms, do you know, like, what their approach is and why the 80%... Aren't quite up to scratch to what's happening. Yeah, so that that twenty percent would be um, they would have built up off farm assets, whether yep. that's you know real estate or or share portfolios or you know superannuation that sort of stuff. So um, often we yeah we'll sort of push that with a, a longer term view in mind that you know that will assist that you know future succession event where mum and dad can pretty much step off the farm and there's not a lot of ongoing payments that are required to them to fund their retirement. They're pretty much self-sufficient there. Um, so that's sort of what that what that other 20% would be doing. Yeah, definitely. I think like off-farm income is a pretty important part that can come into your farm. No, but no matter how sort of big your farm is or your operation is, um, it can really offset those bad years in drought or it can offset the retirement package that you get yourself as an older generational farmer. Um, do you see that quite often in your scenarios around Western Australia? Farmers are looking in for that 20%? Yeah, yeah. I think people are um, planning on that more and more. And um, yeah, certainly, yeah, if you've had a run of profitable years, it, it makes that a lot a lot easier to do as well. So, um, and like you said, that, that having some off-farm assets does help with that diversification of your risk too. Um, so you're having some income that's coming in that, you know, isn't, you know, is from an off-farm source, it, it means it's, um, you know, it's, it's spreading that risk of your op overall operation too. Yeah, definitely. And as farmers, we're probably the best at risk managing. Um, and the more we can reduce our risk within the operations of the farm and how that transition into succession planning goes, the better we'll be in the longer run for the younger generation as well and probably the biggest hurdle that i've come across and what people talk about is like from the really bad scenarios of shit, shit succession planning um and a bit of a circus of what's happened for a family unfortunately i've heard some bad stories but managing emotions and their expectations how as an accountant do you see this playing out and how can we improve that huge hurdle that probably every family farms come across yeah i think the first i think that's sort of a two two answer part there um i think the first part of that answer would be yeah just making sure that communication is open with with all members of the family and making sure that you know whoever's doing the succession plan meets with you know the older generation and the younger generation there just to work out what their expectations are, work out what their objectives are. And, and, um, and if there is a, is a dispute or there is something that's, um, you know, festering away there, making sure that's brought to light and, and addressed rather than just not addressing it and letting it sit there and get bigger and bigger and bigger to a point where, it, you know, can sort of derail the succession there. Um, and I think the second part is really that expectation, uh, particularly from a financial point of view, we're seeing that as a as a really big hurdle, particularly as farm land prices 
are going yeah. up and up and and what we're seeing is farm businesses getting bigger and bigger so often that disparity between the farm and the off-farm assets has always been there but what we're seeing is it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger with these rapid land price with rapid land price growth that trying to manage the expectations particularly with off-farm kids um and it's a conversation we have quite regularly between what's you know what's equal and what's equitable or you know what's equal and what's fair yep because it's going to be really pretty pretty hard to get a balance of farm and off-farm assets equal there so we work on the fact that it's you know it's got to be equitable and it's not necessarily going to be equal in terms of dollar value and I think sort of managing that expectation with kids um, from a young age too, that, you know, the farm asset is such a large asset, land is so valuable that it's always going to be a large part from a dollar value and it's never going to be equal to what you've got off farm uh, dollar value wise, just with the economies of scale that you need with farming these days. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. It's going to be pretty hard to get, Equalize the two with your farm assets and your farm. Um, your off farm is generally going to be a bit lower for those off farm children in the family, um, and making sure what's equal and what's equitable is pretty important when it comes to succession planning. But I suppose from managing emotions and expectations, you can probably write down your expectations on a piece of paper as well. Um, it may be easier for you to hand them on or email or mail it into the family um but that's another thing that you can just get it down on a piece of paper and get it started as well just your expectations and then match them against the others yeah yeah definitely but for succession planning what can be done in the very early stages to assist with later succession events within the family farm so what we've seen in terms of succession plans that have gone really well is is the the families that have had that open communication um particularly from a young age and like we said before just managing those expectations and and talking to not only the farm kids but but the off-farm kids there about you know what's fair as opposed to what's what's equal um and probably also when um the farm kids have come back and they've made that commitment to the farm, I think it's important that they've got some light at the end of the tunnel in terms of, you know, why they're working. Often they might be working for, you know, less than what market rates are, or they might have come back from, you know, they've done some study or done an apprenticeship and they've, you know, been earning quite a bit in the city or, you know, working on mine sites or, or whatnot. And they've, you know, made a bit of a sacrifice to come, you know, financially to come back to the farm. I think it's important that they've got, you know, that, um, that light at the end of the tunnel with what they're working towards. So I think that, you know, managing those expectations is, is probably the first and foremost. Um, and the other things that we sort of touched on briefly before as well is, is trying to build up those off-farm assets so that when that succession event does occur, mum and dad can sort of just ride off into the sunset and there's not a lot um, of burden on the, uh, on the farm businesses that business there and it can pretty much just continue continue as as um you know as a viable business yep. 
I think we're, you know, from that, from that stat before where, you know, there's still going to be, there's still going to be ongoing payments um, for most businesses to, to mum and dad. That's just going to be what, what happens, but it's just making sure that that ongoing payment isn't, isn't more than what the, the farm can afford at that point in time. Um, and having off farm assets helps reduce that amount. Yeah, definitely. I think investments for like initially are really important. We're not pushing investments as a podcast, but it's another conversation to have later down the track with the family to improve what your farm income is and how that can set you up later, later in the piece for succession planning. But for, for succession planning, what would be your number one tip to start to get it rolling within a family if you're the younger one approaching your parents or you're the parents looking to gather the family up and see what everyone's expectations are? Or is that the first step, just gathering everyone together? Yeah, I think gathering everyone together and just constantly having that that conversation with with all members of the family and managing their expectations and, and knowing what their expectations are um i think that's a really really important to um to make sure that everyone's on on a similar page there and, and heading in the same direction it's just going to make that succession event you know a lot smoother when you when you do come to that come to that point yeah definitely and i think the parents listening to this that own a family farm if they could ride off into the sunset simply as that they would um but as you know, agriculture, we're always quite tied to the land, as you said, um, and it's important that they still have a part in there. And I think the knowledge coming through, if we were to lose them straight away on the chopping block, we would lose a lot of valuable information for the younger generations to carry through. And that's where we're trying to transfer information from Byfield into the farmers right across Australia um, for that. But a few take home messages for succession planning, what are they? So I think the main take home messages are really start now, start having those conversations with, with family members as soon as possible and, and plant that seed. If, if you think it's gonna be a hard conversation to have, just, just start having it just, yeah, gently, gently plant the seed and people will come around um, in their own time uh, to do that ask help from your trusted advisor. So whether that's farm consultant, bank manager, accountant, yeah, just ask for that help when you need it. Um, I think it's important around structuring and, and business uh, asset ownership and, and whether the farm is, is owned and things like that. It's important to get some help where you need it um, and get it on paper. If people have agreed and, and you've all agreed to, to do something, make sure it's documented. Uh, it'll make it go a lot smoother. Yeah, 100%. And you can't pass your verbal agreement on to your accountant, your lawyer. Um, so as long as you get down on paper, you can have a piece of paper to pass on to anyone in need. So you can make that legally binding in the end, and it just makes it that much easier for those well within succession planning. With the boomer generation now coming into retirement, we're looking at a pretty big shift for farms changing hands aren't we yeah definitely there's going to be a big shift in in wealth really so it's um yeah that that that's the certainly a big challenge in in terms of 
managing the, the farm versus off-farm assets and, and farm kids and off-farm kids there. Um, yeah, that disparity is just getting getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be the biggest transition of wealth we've ever seen, um, not only in Australia and for farming families, but right across the world after the war um, and for those older generations going into retirement. It's pretty important to start thinking about it now. Um, and we thank the team at Byfields for Beyond the Tax Return series and coming along and sharing your expertise, Scott. Um, thanks for coming on the show and sharing with us what you get up to. Um, it's really important for myself, like a younger generation, but also for those older ones, how they can approach it in a different way after those years, after all. But, mate, thanks for coming on the show. Did you have anything else you want to wrap up in succession planning? I know it's a pretty in-depth topic. Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there, Jack. It's, it's, it's a pretty in-depth topic and we've probably only just scratched the surface really with this, but if you can you know, take anything away, it's, you know, start having that communication and, and, um, you know, getting it on paper is probably the, the two main sort of take home messages, but yeah, it's a very big topic and, and a bit, it's a really important one for NFX all farm businesses. Yeah. Great stuff. Well, if anyone wants a question, this won't be our last succession episode. If you want to email in at hello at farmsvice.com.au myself and the team at Byfields will do our best to try answer them in the upcoming episodes. So go ahead and email in. That would be fantastic. But Scott, who's going to be coming on the FarmSwise podcast next from the team at Byfields? So we've got Brant Jansen coming on. So he's a director in our Northern office. So he'll be on the next podcast there um, and we'll continue uh, the succession planning chat there. Perfect. We'll get your questions in. You've got a bit of time to ask type of questions in all anonymous of course um it would just be great to see what the farmers and all within agriculture are thinking about succession planning if it's scaring them if it's not um it's pretty vital in conversation to have so really good but scott before you go how can we get in touch with you or someone from the byfields team so i think go to the website so byfields.com.au um and yeah, send a yeah, send an, an email there or or give us a call. Perfect, Scott. Thank you very much for coming on the show, and we'll keep in touch soon. And hopefully, we get some Ripper questions coming through. Thanks very much for having me, Jack. It's been an absolute pleasure being on the podcast with you. Too easy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Farms Advice Podcast. Scott really did a cracking job there in the elephant in the room, which we hope we can make that elephant a little bit smaller and turn it into a sheep or something like that, a goat even. So hopefully this does kickstart the conversation. Don't forget, this won't be the last one that we touch on for succession planning, as it's so vitally important that we do get this right. There's 85,000 farming families out there and we'd like to do our best to keep it that way. If you do have any questions, make sure you do send it in to podcast at farmsadvice.com.au and we'll be sure to have a crack and try and answer those with the experts at Byfields over in WA on the Beyond the Tax Return series. Getting some really good numbers for this series, so it's really good to see that we're not wasting our time and these are topics that are hitting the note 
within the industry. We're looking at tackling some of the largest issues and this will not be the only elephant in the room hanging around. But until then, make sure you stay tuned in and we'll see you next Tuesday. Keep on farming. Thanks for listening to this episode right the way through. I've got something special for you. If you want to join an innovative community full of people just like you, join the Farms Advice Facebook group. You can't go wrong. Ask a question you've always wanted to and you might just get the right answer back so that you can implement it yourself on your own farm. Start executing today. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.